0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Folly Coffee podcast. If you haven't done so already, I ask that real quick here, you just pause, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, and if you've liked any of the previous episodes or this episode, please give us that five-star rating. It helps us greatly. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Hey, this is Rob this is episode 87 of the Folly Coffee podcast. Let's get it brewing. Come on. All right. We are back with Chef Yevang. Or Vang's fine. We are back with Chef Yevang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last time we recorded, we did overrated, underrated, appropriately rated on a various number of food topics. And... After the fact, we just had more things on our minds, so we thought it warranted a whole new episode with that, with some brand new introductions of segments of things that we were discussing while enjoying the year special at Bebezito, two double burgers with a root beer float, and you were right, I thought I only needed- Two double cheeseburgers. That that is right. I thought I only needed one burger, and I was going to take one home, Mm -hmm. and that was not the case. I had to have both and the root beer float, and then go home and take a nap. So, welcome back.
1: Thanks, man. I'm so excited to be here. I love doing this with you. I, we had a lot of great responses from some of our friends who listened
0: to well, our last one. Your, your friends. I got to make some friends, and hopefully they'll say the same thing would, when
1: we record would this. Would you stop? You have a lot of friends out there. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. On, on I'm, that, I'm your friend. On that,
0: um. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's get right into it. Because this first one of overrated, underrated, appropriately rated, I think we'll... Be very personal for you, because it is fried chicken sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Let's start with you. Do you think that fried chicken sandwiches are overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated? I believe appropriately rated. Appropriately rated. I am going to say they are overrated.
1: Overrated.
0: Conflict of opinion debate now. I would like for you to start why okay. you think that fried chicken sandwiches are
1: appropriately rated. First off, uh I would say because I'm a little biased, you know. We uh we built a little kingdom on uh fried chicken um sandwiches. Um I think they're appropriately rated because I think that they you can never go wrong with them. You know, like even a like semi good like a semi crappy slash good chicken sandwich Like fried chicken sandwich you, you can never go Fried chicken itself You can't go wrong with You know And then you Now you stack it with like A slaw Some sauce You put it between Two pieces of bread You can't really go wrong with it Now I will I will say this We've made a lot of them In our time A lot of them and, I, and I'm not, like, it's not my, my, my first go-to anymore just because it's like, it's like having that kid where you're just like, you're not cute anymore, child, because I've wiped your butt too many times, you know? I, I don't, but I'll nod. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Well, <laughs> I've changed a couple diapers before, you know, but, you know, I, I know. Yeah, anyways, so, so with that being said, I will say when it comes to fried chicken sandwiches, I think they're appropriately rated. I think that there was this big boom of fried chicken sandwiches everyone's doing their own fried chicken sandwich and I think that it for me it's appropriately rated but it's getting along that border line of that's where I come yep. in because I think what you're
0: talking about is vastly different than what this has become when you're mm-hmm. talking about slaw and a mm-hmm. great fried chicken and all mm-hmm. the great toppings and perfectly toasted buns that is potentially underrated but what has happened In this country Mm -hmm. Is what happens to all great food trends Is Mm. the fast food chains caught Mm. on
1: Chick-fil-A I think kind of started it With their fried chicken sandwich They've always been They're, they're, They're consistent right Exactly. They built a kingdom on fried chicken sandwich Which they weren't like Oh we're burgers and then we're switching over right yes. so we got to give them that one and then Popeye's jumps on board mm-hmm. which
0: begins this social media craze mm-hmm. of people wanting to find both and taste them side by side and do reviews to get TikTok famous mm-hmm. then the most recent one i well KFC joined yeah. really late <laughs> in the game it's like come on bro it's like you're you're literally making fried chicken yeah. and you haven't had the thought and then it's like okay well they aren't doing tenders so maybe that's why but then you the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, in this case for me, is when I see McDonald's release a spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, sand- did they? Uh, they re- released a fried chicken sandwich. And at that point, I go, this feels overrated to me. But I will say, the Hill Tribe chicken sandwich I had at your place is a game changer. Because Stop. I'm not pandering Stop. here. I'm not pandering here. The difference,
1: I think, is you use chicken thighs. Absolutely. I don't get the chicken breast thing, bro. Chicken breast fried. That is, should be the question. That should have been the that question. That
0: should have been the question because fried chicken breast sandwiches vastly overrated. Yep. You're going to take the driest part of the chicken.
1: Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. You like sandpaper?
0: Yeah. Oh. oh on you're, sawdust? You're going to take the only reason people ever eat them because they're trying to be healthy mm-hmm. and then you're going to fry it and put it on a sandwich and try to tell me that this is comfort food? Absolutely, absolutely. And when you take the chicken thigh, mm-hmm. you get the fatty, mm-hmm. rich piece of that animal. Mm-hmm. Then you fry that with the slaw. That is what I think is underrated. But what has corporate America done to us? They've made it overrated, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, because the chicken, chicken breast is cheaper, actually. That's why a lot of the big chains use chicken breast, because it's cheaper. So what you're saying is the big chains... Are just out
0: there for profitability?
1: It's weird, man. Like, what is... I mean, this is 2021, and when we find out that chain restaurants are about money... I don't know what truth is anymore.
0: Until this exact moment, Mm -hmm. I assumed that McDonald's was just about
1: creating the best product. I mean, they started with the happy meal. I mean, happy. You figure they're just about happy.
0: And now they're bringing me nothing but pain.
1: Next topic. Yes.
0: Artisanal donuts. Overrated, underrated or appropriately rated. I'll start for this one. Mm-hmm. And this pains me to say, because this is also a, a very personal thing. I have mm-hmm. some, my favorite customers. Can, make art- I, can artisanal I ask, donuts. can
1: I ask how do you define artisanal donuts? That is part of the discussion yeah. here. I'm going
0: to say as it's been labeled now, artisanal mm-hmm. donuts, I'm going to have to say they're overrated.
1: Overrated.
0: <laughs> Where do you stand on this issue? Oh man, I'm gonna hurt some feelings, but I agree with you. They're overrated. Overrated.
1: Agreement. Okay, can I can I say this though? Yes. I, I we have some friends that are that have donut shops, which I love them, but I will admit that I love their classic donuts that they have. Bingo. Y- you know, a glazer. Boom. I'm gonna give a shout out to Bogarts. You know, they got that brown butter glaze. I mean, it, it's a brown, brown butter glaze. It's you're, you're not, we're not just, you know, we're not doing all this weird stuff with it. It's a killer. I love it.
0: I think this is a case where social media has ruined what was initially a very cool trend. Mm-hmm. Let's think out of the box. Let's create donut flavors that haven't been done before. Why does it just have to be the classics? We're nailing the classics. Let's do things that nobody's seen before. So you think of, like, voodoo donuts out in Portland mm-hmm. with their, ba- their bacon maple, which is a cool concept. You've got, like, salty and savory mm-hmm. on top of a sweet donut, and it works really nicely. And then people see that picture, and they go, we need to go crazier. And then they start adding things, and you still see really cool flavors. So like, my boy Bradley over at the Donut Trap, uh, formerly known as Dude Nuts, he's got the Cereal Killer Donut. <laughs> formerly known as what? As it's spelled S S S D U D E Z.
1: That's an awesome. I never thought about that
0: dash n- nuts. And he did text me one day and said, do you think I should change the name? I was like, Pro- I mean, probably uh, cause it's impossible to Google zoo nuts, but he does this awesome serial killer donut, mm-hmm. which is like this awesome cake base with mm-hmm. fruity pebbles on top. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is things like that get really popular on social media. And then, Big chains see that and say, oh, all we have to do is take our existing cruddy donuts Mm -hmm. and sprinkle some cereal on it, and then we're doing the same thing as that. And we'll call it artisanal because it's got funky toppings. But I think it's overrated because, just like the McDonald's theme here, big chains are seeing what's happening at the local artisanal level and then branding it artisanal because they are using one of the same ingredients. But I agree with you. The classics are where you really Mm -hmm. flex your game. And So one of my all-time favorite donuts... My girl Katie over at Angel Food Bakery, mm. their crawler, she does it the traditional oh, way. Oh, yeah. she A traditional crawler, the way it's made is you actually pipe the dough. Yeah, it's into, a wet dough. A wet dough into the fryer, so yep. it fries... As it's being piped in there Mm -hmm. And then what most people have done Is they take a mold Mm -hmm. And they make it look like a crawler But it's not Mm -hmm. They fake the piping And so for that reason I think the entire category Is overrated Unless it's done correctly Mm -hmm.
1: I, I, I completely agree It's the same mentality As the big giants Getting into like Tennessee hot You know fried chicken sandwiches It's like you take one specific thing And go oh now it's a Tennessee hot You know or like whatever You know
0: they go, oh, we see an emerging category here And yeah. we
1: have the resources and capabilities To be and able to money do this. To yeah, back th- this up To be able to
0: do this at a national level And then market it And then yeah. try to make this our own
1: yeah. <sighs> it's, a, it's always about the man
0: Let's take a hard left turn here uh-huh. The next category is Hard seltzers Overrated Underrated Or appropriately rated
1: You want me to go first? Yes Overrated Overrated.
0: And I have to say, I think they're appropriately rated. Appropriately Uh, rated. Conflict of opinion.
1: Debate now. You know, because it's something that people... I see it everywhere. And it's, it's like even like some of my buddies who own breweries, they're like, that is what kept us going through the pandemic is... The sales is just ridiculous of how much we're selling of hard seltzer, you know. So it's like drinking LaCroix with booze in it. It's like I need booze, but then I don't want the calories. So I want LaCroix, but I want to still have the buzz. And it is berserker. I I can't. I can't do it. I get like my tummy hurts when just thinking about it. I was in St. Louis
0: with Boston Beer Company when we launched Truly, and I remember being like, what is this category? (laughs) Because people are looking at the category and going, this isn't going to do anything because like, vodka soda Mm -hmm. is way more cost effective and it's the exact same thing. Why wouldn't you just do a vodka soda? The, The reason I think they're appropriately rated is because it's easier to mess up a vodka soda. And at least when seltzer makers are making them, They have it to the exact ratio you want. Makes it a little easier to control how much you're drinking. Know that each one's, uh, you know, 5%. And uh, some of them are great and refreshing. Uh, Some of them, uh, not so much. Uh, And so there are certain ones that I think are overrated, and there are some that are very underrated. And for that reason, I think they are appropriately rated. Not to mention, the ability for craft breweries to begin producing them did allow small local independent yep. producers Absolutely. to be able to compete on a national level. And I think the last component to this one is
1: it's light, it's crisp and it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't drink them. I feel they're overrated cause it's just, it's just like it flooded the market. And then you're thinking, oh wait, how does all these guys survive making this? But like everyone have, you know, like people have been just loving it. And, and when you have them, you go,
0: <laughs> this 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 is what it
1: is. This, yep. When you have one, you go. This this is you, exactly you know, what it is. You know what I think of it as? It's like when I watch the Fast and the Furious movies. I don't think it's Oscar winning. You know, I don't I don't look watch. You know, The Rock and Jason Statham on, like, you know, their own Fast and Furious, whatever. I don't watch Fast and Furious 15 or whatever they do. Like, I'm not going to find an intriguing storyline where it's going to bring me to tears and emotion, you know? Because I know that I live my life a quarter mile at a time,
0: and there it is. For anybody that is doing the Folly Coffee Podcast Bingo card, waiting for Yia to say <laughs> he lives his life a quarter mile at a time, <laughs> you may now cross out that square. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Here's one I think you might have a, an opinion on. Oh boy, vegan slash vegetarian meats. Specific, <laughs> not not veganism or vegetarianism, yeah. but specifically the vegan vegetarian meats think Beyond Meat is the biggest player in this category. Okay. Do you think this is overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated?
1: I'm going to get flack for this. I know it. I'm going to get canceled so hard. I think it's overrated. Overrated.
0: We are in strict agreement there. Agreement.
1: You think it's overrated, too? I think it's overrated you as go first well. Before Here's why. Is
0: there's, there's two... I think really valid arguments for mm-hmm. veganism and vegetarian. There's a bunch that that right there. That's going to trigger someone. But <laughs> I, I think the two just two, Rob. Yeah, just two. I think the two you most commonly hear is the environmental standpoint yep. and the health standpoint. Mm-hmm. And the way the trends seem to be going is more people are in it for the health benefits mm-hmm. of being vegetarian or veganism, which are very valid points mm-hmm. in general i think there is an over consumption of meat in this mm-hmm. country and dialing that back even a little bit mm-hmm. so that meat isn't two-thirds of your plate mm-hmm. is a very strong argument for both the mm-hmm. environmental side and the health side but when you look at the meats that they make and you start mm-hmm. to dig into the ingredients and like the health the nutritional panel of what mm-hmm. these are is you go these are actually probably worse for you than yep. if you were to just have a high-quality yep. beef patty. Mm-hmm. And when you dig into it, they go, well, I want to be healthy, so I'm going to have a, uh, a Beyond Meat patty. And you go, well, when you look at the the fat, fillers. The fillers and the fat content mm-hmm. and then the oils that are being mm-hmm. used so that the, not only is it a similar or higher fat content, mm-hmm. but the oils are, that are being used are cheap substitutes and worse for you than if you just had a beef patty. That's the biggest reason for me that I think they're overrated Mm -hmm. is the reason people want to do is because you just feel like you're eating healthy or you Mm -hmm. feel like it's better for the environment. When if you were to dig into it and you were to source your meat in a way that is like ethical farming that in the long term, I think that the meat patty could also be better. And then the the argument I left out because this is where uh, there is no argument that a beef patty is better is anyone that just says, well, any animal consumption is wrong, which is it's own entire episode and that's where the real emotional arguments Mm -hmm. get in but in terms of the health or the environmental standpoint I I think it's not that much of a better trade off than people think Mm -hmm.
1: I I totally agree with you Uh, yeah everything you just said that I agree with Um, you know I am a firm believer of if you know eating eating meat I I love to eat meat but just really saying hey like eat good meat or meat that's you know um source well you know and that there's so much you know with the nutrition and all that stuff in there but it's hard for me to look at some of the fillers and the things that are being you know that some of this quote-unquote fake meat product is you know you know made out of um, where it's just like it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that you know
0: Especially when you look at a bean burger There are really solid bean burgers out there So why is it like Oh we need to make it taste just like bean First of all that's not
1: a burger That's a bean patty Bean patty. That is a good point. You yeah. used
0: our own previous episode against yeah. us. A yes. burger
1: has to be made out of beef. That is true. Okay, I I, I
0: misspoke. Wow. i a uh, bean burger. How dare to, you? I'll have to issue a formal apology I'll after I'll this episode. You. The bean patty are really yeah. solid. Yeah, they don't taste just like burgers, but those are good on their mm-hmm. own. So this whole movement is like we need to take it make make it taste just like meat. Like, well, why th- that's
1: the that's the other thing too. It's like, well, why does it have to taste like meat? You know, like what? What? What's that? Like, are you trying to like, you know, mental jujitsu your own mind? And you know what I'm saying?
0: There are better tasting alternatives that are vegan or vegetarian that are going to actually be mm-hmm. really, really good for you. Yeah. And for that reason, I think it's overrated. Me too. Should we shift here? Because yeah. right. I've got a little bit of a rant. Oh, okay. We talked about this a little bit as we were enjoying delicious Yia special uh, <laughs> double cheeseburger uh, outside of Baby Zito uh, about. This. Hold on to your seats. It's ranting time. Toast. What? Toast. What has happened in our world that toast is a staple as the main dish yeah. in a brunch? Back in my day, toast was an option you had on the side of your dish. Yeah. Now they are taking it. Putting a spread of avocado Essentially guacamole They are putting guacamole on a piece of toasted bread With some sort of nice looking seasoning on top
1: Get some of the zhuzhing stuff on there Some
0: of the zhuzhing stuff on there And then you throw a fried egg on top And then they say that's your main course Mm -hmm. in this brunch What has happened to us Where we are allowing this Mm -hmm. to be our main dish Yeah, Being charged in such a way that as a main dish When all it is is bread with toast Mm Mm-hmm
1: so let me ask you something Bruschetta Which was like Really famous And you know Like that was like The cool sexy thing Like oh we're doing Bruschetta 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 uh, Bruschetta Is this yeah, what oh you're yeah, referring yeah, bruschetta, to oh, bruschetta, okay. bruschetta Bruschetta I'm sorry I just didn't understand What yeah, you were saying I'm sorry yes. English is my second language <laughs> um, Like when that was Really popular In restaurants Or whatever Would you consider that toast
0: Like do you know what I'm saying You're segueing Into our next segment Oh here. shoot In a perfect way And I like where this is going See, here's the thing is I would never order bruschetta as a main dish. Because <laughs> you're Italian. I know that's why you use that accent. Well, um, I, Irish, British. Uh, yeah. Um, but I just, I, I'm a man of uh, <laughs> you're, a certain culture. You know, I'm like, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think people look at me and go, I, I assume he says bruschetta yeah. and croissant. And uh, that doesn't... when As yeah. a barista, when someone says, can I have a croissant? You, you think they're really cool. Yeah. You don't at all yeah. think that they're pretentious. Yeah. You go, yeah. finally, someone who is ordering this cor- correctly in Minnesota, Absolutely. croissant. Absolutely. Um, I would never order uh, bruschetta as a main dish. Mm-hmm. And I don't think every anyone would ever try. But mm-hmm. bruschetta is probably harder to make in a lot of ways mm. than
1: an, an avocado toast. So let me ask you this other question. I was thinking... When, okay, let's think about the avocado toast, right? Yes. Or uh, yeah, avocado toast. You think about that, do you think that you're eating that for the quality of the of the bread cuz I know some great bread makers out there that they want to show and highlight the bread and it's less about the avocado and more about the bread? This is true.
0: I thought the way you're going to go with that is just cuz it looks really nice and it's very grammable and it is it is a very healthy option on a brunch menu. To to be fair, If it is a way to showcase the bread, I think it's valid, but the word toast has almost taken on an entirely new meaning in which I will just not accept it as a course. If I want to be healthy and I say, you know what, I'm just going to order a side for brunch and enjoy my time while I'm here with friends. Okay. But I will not budge on this topic and I do not care what you say. I absolutely will not budge. On to our next segment, DTF.
1: DTF stands for Define the
0: Food and Definitely Nothing Else at All. If you you didn't catch that professionally produced audio, that cost a lot to have produced. That was very high. Quarter million? What
1: was that about? Quarter million?
0: The the, the bank loan is pending, but we'll see. DTF stands for, of course, Define the Food and Nothing Else. In this segment, we... Converse over a specific type of food that we have to strictly define what it is. And today's topic is sandwich. sandwich. What is a sandwich? We're going to define a sandwich and try to find the outer limits of this food to see what counts as a sandwich, what doesn't, and why. I'm going to start with Webster's Dictionary oh, Okay. definition of a sandwich. Two thin pieces of bread, usually buttered, with a thin layer as of meat, cheese, or savory mixture spread between them. Hmm. Let's digest that for a second. Is there any part of this definition that sticks out already as potentially an issue? Two thin pieces of bread, mm-hmm. usually buttered, with a thin layer as of meat, cheese, or savory mixture spread between
1: them. Okay. I, I get what they're saying, but then there's our, there are nuances in there, right? What if it's... You know, what if it's a vegetarian sandwich? Is it not considered a sandwich? Does it have to have meat in there to be considered a sandwich? That could be covered under the definition of savory mixture.
0: Okay, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'd consider peanut butter to be a nice savory mixture. I think that would fall within the boundaries of our Webster's definition of which Is peanut butter really savory? I think it's more sweet. Well, peanut is savory... And then I think your Jiffy style, which is loaded
1: with sugar, is probably going to make it more sweet. Okay, but let me ask you something: Do do people crush their own nuts or their own peanuts to make peanut butter and put it in their sandwiches? Because when you say peanut butter and jelly sandwich, we're taking Peter Pan, we're taking you know Jiffies, we're
0: you know. So we should be taking notes to submit to Webster's definition. Well, I think Webster's definition is too narrow. I do as well. So <clears throat> let's let's go. Let's do it this way. Let's start outside of what okay. may be considered a sandwich and work our way back in because Absolutely. I think I think you and I would both agree that it's literally called a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I think it'd be hard to argue that this is not a sandwich, but is a burrito a sandwich? It no. There's no bread involved. One could argue that a wrap is simply a form
1: of bread thinly pressed. Hmm, interesting. But is the wrapped that's the, the, the thinly pressed Wrap Is it baked Like in an oven Where there's a yeast And there's You know Like there's There's poofing So let's say we take An unleavened bread mm-hmm.
0: And put Thin layer As of meat Cheese or savory mixture Between two mm-hmm. unleavened Pieces Absolutely. of bread Absolutely But when you take An unleavened tortilla Which mm-hmm. is The same ingredients Without yeast And press it and then put meats, cheese, or savory mixture inside of that. It's no longer a sandwich. Why? Because it's a wrap. So if I take the same ingredients as a sandwich and wrap it into a, tor- a tortilla, mm-hmm. it can no longer be considered a sandwich. No, it's a wrap. What if I take those two same tortillas, mm-hmm. lay one flat, put a sav- a thin layer as of meat, cheese, or savory mixture. Absolutely. All over that tortilla, mm-hmm. and then set a second tortilla on top of that.
1: Would that be a sandwich? Nope. You're, that is an unfinished quesadilla. So is a quesadilla a sandwich? No. Why? Because it doesn't. Because it, it's not sandwiched. It's not in between two pieces of bread. Is a tortilla bread? No. It's a tortilla.
0: What's the difference? Yeast. But in the scenario that we take unleavened bread, so no yeast, and take that unleavened bread,
1: yeah, it's a wrap. Let's see, like, like a like a flatbread. You're talking about like an unleavened flatbread.
0: What's uh What's the Passover cracker called? Um, left says the potato pancake. I'll think of it later. It'll come to mind. That's unleavened bread. If yep. I were to take that and place it in between. And then place ingredients in between those two pieces of unleavened bread. Would that be? All right. Let, let me go with you here. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. What's the McGriddle bun made out of? Is that leavened? Is that yeast driven? Yeah.
1: It's an muff, uh, English
0: muffin. Is a pancake yeast driven? Yeah. Some some of them are. Let's take a pancake yeah. that doesn't use yeast. Okay. And then make two pancakes. Yep. And then put a thin layer of meat cheese or savory mixture in between mm-hmm. those
1: two. Yeah, that's not that's not a sandwich. What would that be? I don't know. Stuffed pancake? Stuff stuff you put inside a pancake?
0: All right. So we found a clear delineation as mm-hmm. yeast being a key component it of bread. It has to bread.
1: be. Yeah, I I would say for bread there has to be yeast and some activation of the yeast puffing the bread and then baking the bread and then taking that bread out and then cu- cutting it or whatever and then you putting whatever you know, Webster's Dictionary.
0: So we found our first line. Mm-hmm. It has to be leavened bread. So when they're talking bread, about thinly sliced bread.
1: That, yep, that's has yeast, you know, and then it poofs, and then you bake it. Meat, cheese, or savory mixture in between two
0: bagel slices. Is this a sandwich?
1: Yeah, I would call that a sandwich. Because
0: I think that bagels use... Yeah, uh, bagels
1: use... You know, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a bread. Bagel is a bread.
0: All right, we have mm-hmm. found our first... Defined line. Mm -hmm. Thinly sliced bread.
1: I mean, I'm just as crazy. I mean, I don't do this, but like when people take donuts and cut it in half and stuff it in. Yeah.
0: What if it's a donut that is not yeast driven?
1: What kind of donut's not yeast driven? It's a
0: good point. It's a good point. That doesn't really exist. Yeah. (laughs) Fun fact. Yeah. In 2006 in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. there was a case of a Panera and then within the same shopping mall, a Qdoba opened up next door. Yet, the Panera had a clause in their lease that said, we will sign our lease here as long as no other sandwich maker opens in the shopping mall.
1: Oh, you see.
0: Okay, here we go. Here we go. Qdoba opens up. Panera sues under that clause. Mm-hmm. The case was settled by the judge who referenced common sense as a burrito is not a sandwich. And Qdoba won.
1: That's that's awesome
0: So I We're backed up by the law Yeah I, I didn't know a judge could be the-
1: <laughs> no, Can you imagine being that judge Like it's like Your family now has free Cadoba for life just, You know You're
0: the judge You're just like the Burrito's not a sandwich Under what law Uh, Common sense Common sense (laughs) The law of man So the law in 2006 in uh, in Pennsylvania is on our side And this has nothing to do with our debate But I found it interesting as I was researching sandwiches uh, Four different uh, potential names for a sandwich that might cause confusion Mm -hmm. That people Mm -hmm. might comment on this Mm -hmm. and say Hey, you didn't even talk about this Between a sub, a grinder, a hero, or a a hoagie Absolutely So a sub is simply short for a submarine sandwich because Mm -hmm. of the shape for it, obviously Mm -hmm. very popularized by subway. Grinders, this is a New England-specific term. There's two different theories as to where this came from. The first is that it's an an Italian-American slang for dock workers who were sanding and grinding rusty hulls to repaint them, and that they enjoyed these sandwiches. The more realistic theory is probably that they're just hard to chew on, and Mm -hmm. so they called them grinders, like you would grind your teeth. Hero. I had always assumed that Hero was like an Americanization of the pronunciation of Euro. Mm. When in fact, the first mention of Hero was in 1936 when New York Herald Tribune columnist Clementine Paddleworth, also a fantastic name, Clementine Paddleworth wrote, you'd have to be a hero to eat it because it's so large. Wow. In 1936. And then Hoagie is the last one. Pennsylvania born. Pennsylvania is a big state for sandwiches. I know. That's a fun fact. Likely comes from depression era jazz musician and sandwich shop owner Al De Palma, who started calling them hoggies because you'd have to be a hog to eat a sandwich that big. Mm. And at some point, people just changed it to the pronunciation hogies. Mm-hmm. Back to sandwiches. Is a euro a taco? Hmm. No. Is pita use yeast? To be leavened? Yeah. Is a euro a sandwich?
1: It's a wrap. But it's it's not because it's not fully enclosed. So for it to be a wrap, it has to be fully enclosed?
0: I, I would... It, the, the name wrap literally refers to that the ingredients are wrapped. Hmm. That's a great question. Because pita bread is slightly leavened. Yeah. So if I took a pita and shaped it like a taco and filled it with lamb meat and tzatziki sauce and lettuce Mm -hmm. and tomatoes. Is that a taco?
1: I don't know. No, it wouldn't be because it's not a tortilla. It's not a tortilla. So if you
0: took two pieces of pita (laughs) and then layered a thin layer of meat, cheese or savory mixture, is that a sandwich?
1: Yeah, but nobody eats it like that. So it'd be a pita sandwich is probably what you would call that. Yeah, you could. Well, but would also how? Let me let me take it a little further. You got a, you got a piece of pita bread, right? Mm-hmm. And you put meat, cheese like feta cheese, mm-hmm. you know, sauce, little maybe little lettuce. maybe even a savory mixture. Yeah. Is it a pizza?
0: All right. Boom. So then, what is a pizza really? And that's, and pizza is probably the most can, difficult can, to define.
1: Oh, before we hit that part, let me ask you something here. This DTF thing is really just you know, you know. It's just, I thought this was going to be some lighthearted fun. I know we, we got some serious life questions there, here. There, you could ten, like you could cut 20, the tension. 2021, This is what it's what's really about here. Um, a hot dog. Is that a sandwich? All right, I'm gonna go back to Webster here. Two
0: thin pieces of bread, usually buttered. I have a little bit of issue with that part of the definition, by the way. Why does it have to be usually buttered?
1: That Because that's like a European thing, dude. Okay, so like Webster, I guarantee you Webster's coming out of a European kind of mentality. That's fair. Two thin pieces of bread, usually buttered, with a thin layer as of meat, cheese, or savory mixture spread between okay. them. So let me ask you something. When you're eating a hot dog and it breaks... You know, like the little hinge part of the hot dog breaks on the bun. We're all familiar with the hot dog hinge. Yeah, the hinge. (laughs) If it breaks, the moment it breaks, doesn't it become a sandwich and no longer a a hot dog or whatever? And then if you were to take a hot dog,
0: as I have before when I didn't have hot dog buns available, and you just slice it down the middle, and then you've got kind of like two hot dogs, four pieces sliced vertically on a sandwich
1: sandwich bun. Mm -hmm. Is that a hot dog? Or is that a hot dog sandwich? And then. Because the meat is there, cheese is there, it's savory. And
0: so, would a, would a hot dog be a specific food menu, menu item, or is a hot dog an entirely different style of sandwich?
1: Here's another thing I want to throw out hot dogs, is it because you hold it differently when you eat it compared to a sandwich? That's true. Think, think about the way you eat a sandwich and you eat a hot dog, right? Yeah, if you picked up a hot dog and ate it like, well, horizontally. Yeah, like he, this. You could I mean, go to jail. You, you see kids do it. I've seen kids do it, which I get it. They don't the, know better. Yeah, I know. They're children, you know? But when you're an adult, how do you eat a hot dog? It's it's more like... End to end. Yeah. It's more like a torpedo, right?
0: I, I That's the best way I've ever heard it described.
1: <laughs> yeah. A sandwich is, yeah, that vertical... Right, So is it, the, is it the way that we eat it that we define if a hot dog is a sandwich or not? Because it's still two-piece of bread.
0: I forgot who this was, but I know someone that copyrighted the term hamburger dog. Um, what is that? It's hot dog <laughs> meat shaped as a hot dog, and he Googled it. And no one had copyrighted that. So he said, hey, if I pay the $100 for this copyright, maybe someday somebody will want to use this term and I'll make money. So.
1: It's literally it's a it's a hamburger shaped like a hot dog.
0: I think I've seen this at a gas station before. Are you
1: sure it's not? It's a skinless. Basically, it's a skinless sausage.
0: Yeah, you take the you take the ground meat, shape it like a hot dog, put it in a hot dog bun. Is that a hot, hot dog? dog?
1: Uh no, because a hot dog is uh, a meat that is ground together and it's uh, emulsified. You know, like the meat has to... in the So, the so a bro-
0: bratwurst refers to the type of meat the, the on the hot sa- dog. So, so would you would you say it's a
1: bratwurst hot dog? No, no, no. A hot dog is its own, you know, kind of a form of sausage. So was it? All hot dogs are sausages and not all sausages are hot dogs. So a
0: bratwurst is really a bratwurst served on a hot dog bun.
1: A bratwurst is a bratwurst just served on a bun. A hot dog bun? No, a bun. It doesn't have to be a hot dog bun. Like, why is it a hot dog bun? Did you know that hot dogs were usually done with just, like, just the, 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 the hot dog itself? The hot dog refers to the hot dog itself. It doesn't refer to the bun. But it wasn't until uh, uh, the, in Coney Island, until some of those fairs started, that they said, Hey, how do we, like, how do we, um, how do we... It needs to be handheld. Yeah. yeah. So then then a baker made these buns and they cut them in half so that you could. So really, if you think about what a quote unquote sausage or hot dog bun is, is it's an edible napkin. It's like a piece of bread that they just cut a slit into. Yeah. So
0: really the hinge probably didn't come along until it was commercialized and they needed to mass produce them. And they probably yeah. created that mold. Because,
1: because really the the first original quote unquote hot dogs um, buns were, were just like kind of log shape, you know, a little bit and they cut it on top it was a split top.
0: So is it a little smoky or a, what? what's it called when you take the little hot dog and then you has that wrapped in dough? Yeah, pig, pig in a blanket. Pig in a blanket. That's what I'm looking for. Is that a hot dog or is that its own thing?
1: No, it's its it, its own thing. Is that, a, is that a wrap? No, because that's tortilla. If you were wrapped in tortilla. Is that a type of pita? Nope. Because here's you you think about the little smokies, right? The little smokies, you wrap it in dough and you bake it. So so basically that's almost like a stuffed pretzel. So because it's that. being
0: baked all at the same time, yep. it's its its own separate category. So so far, just to just to recap, because this this is some groundbreaking stuff we're coming along here. And Absolutely I don't know how to get Dude, in contact how, with Webster's. But, how are we changing we're changing the world, bro? So there's a there's a strict line between sandwich and non sandwich by unleavened. Bread, so your tortillas, your now pita's leaven, so that could be a pita sandwich. So really, the difference between a wrap, a burrito, a taco is that that is a tortilla, and a tortilla is distinctly different than bread. So anything that's, absolutely anything that uses a tortilla, a quesadilla is not a
1: sandwich. And then anything that uses leaven bread is a sandwich. Have you ever eaten a taco before? And when you got to the end, you still had some tortilla left. But then you also have like the meat juices around your lip. So you take that piece of tortilla and you wipe the meat juices around your lip and then eat that tortilla. Have you ever done that before? Of course. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that's what I love about tortillas. Now, can you do that with a piece of bread? So you take two
0: pizzas. I'm radically shifting the topic here. You take two large pizzas. How much do you think people are annoyed by us? This is fine. This is awesome. Nobody's listening at this point. Absolutely nobody. (laughs) If you're still listening, you're one of us. Yes. Use code TIKTOK10 for 10% off folly coffee. (laughs) That's a a real code. That's a real code. code. Okay, see. So you take two pizzas, two finished pizzas. Okay. You flip one upside down, place Mm -hmm. it on top of the other one. So Mm -hmm. you have two thin pieces of bread Mm -hmm. with meat cheese or savory mixture between them is mm-hmm. this a
1: sandwich no it's
0: calzone literally on my paper the next question is is a calzone a sandwich no well so no in the case that i said so calzone is sealed around the edge so yeah it's closer to an uncrustable which we're both passionate oh about. yeah very very passionate ravioli but in this F-kill. case it's two finished pizzas oh and you st- and they're they're just set. so circular yeah so it, well let's say it's a square pizza let's say it's a very small square pizza Okay Two small square pizzas And then you take one of them Flip it upside down Set it on top of the other one And it's not sealed So it's not a calzone Is that a sandwich? Because you have two No, you know why?
1: Because The pizza itself Had to put toppings on And you had to put it In the oven to bake it So let's say When I go to Subway Mm -hmm. And
0: I request Before they put it Into the oven Uh Can you put all my ingredients And then the cheese on top And then put it in the oven is that no longer a sandwich? That's two pizzas that they then squish together. No, it's a toasted sandwich. So why isn't a pizza a toasted sandwich? Because high you-
1: heat. Because what you're really doing is then you're, you're 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 baking into the sandwich or into the pizza first, and then you're full, you're you're smashing it together. You know that's not a sandwich. The sandwich is every element has to have it to stand alone by itself. I'm gonna
0: agree to disagree on that one. On the next topic, back to overrated, underrated, appropriately rated. At-home restaurant experiences. Obviously, this has been a trend that was Mm -hmm. forced by COVID. Okay. But I wanted to include this today because I've been brainstorming what Mm -hmm. trends from COVID are going to continue. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have found traction with at-home restaurant experiences. We're not going to argue if this trend is going to stick around. Let's say in this hypothetical scenario, they do. So in a non-COVID world, we're talking about at-home restaurant experiences. There's no need to do them. There's no disaster. There's no pandemic. Mm-hmm. We're in a regular world, at-home restaurant experiences. Overrated, underrated,
1: appropriately rated. Uh, rated. Appropriately rated.
0: Appropriately rated. I actually agree with you on this appropriately one. Appropriately rated. Agreement. Give me your thinking on at home restaurant experiences being appropriately rated.
1: Uh so we're doing this in the context of no COVID? Yeah. So okay. so
0: this I think it it was a response to yep. what was happening. It was a yep. necessity. So yep. in this case it's not a necessity. You're mm-hmm. given the choice you can go out and eat. Yeah. We're five, ten years in the future, mm-hmm. totally not necessary mm-hmm. to do so, but at home restaurant experiences are mm-hmm. offered. Do you, why do you think this is appropriately
1: yeah, rated? I think that um, some people. I think that people want to eat um, at you know in the, the comfort of their own home. Uh, I think it's also it the, the takeout game has changed now after COVID. I think also too people some people would say hey uh, it's it's um, I would say it's almost a logistical sometimes if you have a lot of kids you know if you have kids itself it's just you know easier to do it that way. Um, I think that people are more aware of what kind of, you know, the, the kinds of restaurants that are out there, you know, that you can get. And I think that restaurants has shifted now to make food that's, that's good for taking home. You
0: know what I'm saying? That's a key point because I think there's a difference between at-home restaurant experiences and to-go food. And Mm -hmm. that's what COVID has changed. Mm -hmm. I think restaurants had to look at how do we not just do Mm to-go so that they're grabbing it, they're going whatever, that they're going, we want them to take it home. Mm -hmm. This is really the first time that fine dining or even anything above like your casual food Mm -hmm. has had to think about doing takeout to this extent. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, you don't have to worry about the babysitter. You don't have to worry about parking. You Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about like all the different things. What's the atmosphere like? Mm -hmm. And so you control it in your home environment and then you can eat it exactly how you want to at home. The reason I don't think it's underrated is because you lose all the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You lose the connection of where it's made. You lose Mm -hmm. the potential for great service. But on the other side, you also lose the risk. Of bad service ruining your mm-hmm. night Hopefully you're not going to places that this is a possibility But mm-hmm. having a server that you don't get along with mm-hmm. Can be an issue mm-hmm. So I just want to bring that up Because that is one thing as I was reading Trends in 2021 mm-hmm. What's going to continue Everybody's saying at home restaurant
1: experiences mm-hmm. So restaurants have upped their game now It's not about just shoving everything in the box It's creating experience So it's like having little cards Putting little stickers on just exactly. you know, And just saying hey this is how you eat things
0: much like your Valentine's Day that, of course, I had oh, yeah. I had with CJ uh, mm-hmm. for uh, Sad Boy Valentine's. <laughs> and it was really inexperienced. Everything yeah. you took out, it wasn't just here's the food, eat it. It was a sheet with all mm-hmm. the instructions. Yeah. It was different things and thoughtfully put together. And mm-hmm. here's the entire dinner as opposed mm-hmm. to just a la carte items, I think, which is what traditional to go is. Next one here I'm excited about. Okay, Pickled. Slash fermented foods
1: Overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated Um, I'm going to say appropriately rated
0: Appropriately rated
1: Interesting Mm -hmm.
0: I'm going to say underrated And I just realized I didn't re-upload the underrated audio So I'll just do it now Underrated Where's my conflict? There we go Conflict
1: of opinion this, okay. this is a plus,
0: <laughs> This is a plus podcasting. Okay. They are
1: writing about this is textbook. I know. I know. It's like be like them. Be like Rob. Okay. So here's what I think. Why I say appropriately rated. Again, I'm kind of stuck in the middle with this because I, there's a part of it I do feel it's underrated because there's a craft to this, and then there's a part where I feel like it's overdone where it's just like pickle this, fermented this, pickle this, fermented this. I say appropriately rated because it is. It is. It is that crucial element you need at every meal you're having, pickled or fermented vegetables, or whatever you want to call it, and I think that it's needed because it has like, I mean, my thoughts is like when you're eating food, like sometimes food is so one dimensional, like you know, like one dimensional, blah blah. Even when I'm eating a sandwich, I I want to put pickles in there. I want to put some kind of, you know, some kind of fermented, you know, vegetable in there. Because it helps break that mundaneness. And I think the fermented, you know, the fermented food, what they really does is it gives a bright pop to everything you're eating. And I think that what it does is it stops our senses and says, hey, like there's more to this meal than just like savory, whatever, you know. And so scientifically proven that your the taste buds on your tongue can only handle about six to eight ounces of a certain flavor before you have sensory overload and everything just tastes the same. So that's why uh, when you're given a piece of prime rib, which is like 12 ounces or 16 ounces or whatever, they always serve you some horseradish sauce or whatever. That bite from the horseradish sauce actually stops, you know, the sensory overload. So that delicious umami-like flavor of the prime rib You can still taste it, flavor after. I mean, no bite after bite, bite after bite. That's the same reason why when we do our our meals, we always have these, you know, these pickles with it, or these, you know, fermented vegetables, whatever we have, we we always put in it. Cause we're cause what it's causing you. So fermented foods here is actually, it's actually this like if you think about it, it's actually this philosophy in life, where what it does is it causes you to stop just gorging, and it actually makes you like. Like stop and smell the roses Like oh wow This is really delicious For example The baby zito burger We had yesterday Their pickles are delicious It has a hint of ginger in there So when we're eating that I mean there's like that fatty bacon And you know You know the the beef And the cheese And just that incredible sauce But what Stands out to me Is that pickle That they have in there And it helps bring everything Into perspective
0: to clarify, you just said appropriately rated.
1: And I think it's appropriately rated.
0: So that was not a speech for an underrated type of food.
1: Well, I I, I, I don't want to say it's underrated because everyone's got some kind of fermented blah 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 blah, you know? And it, it frustrates me a little bit because it's like, well, why are you doing it? Because is it sexy? That's why you're doing it? Or are you really thinking about why that, you know, that that acid pop really helps when you're eating? And again, like, I think about it as a philosophy for life. It makes a stop in the moment of all the things we're in. Like, okay, so I'm going to get a little more, like, life philosophy here. But, like, we get so caught up in our own BS. You know, it's like, oh, this, and I got these bills, and I got, you know, this, and life, life, life. That there's these special moments where it's it's kind of stops you and says, look. Like, look at all this beautiful thing that you actually have going for you. That if you don't have your head so far up your butt, you can see that there's these wonderful blessings there in front of you. That's how I think of fermented or pickled vegetables or whatever that's in part of your meal. You're gorging down this piece of meat, sand- or this this piece of meat. And you're just like, oh, you know, and that that acid hits you, and it just says, hey, like enjoy this. Hey, here's a new flavor component which actually clears your palate so that you, you can keep enjoying that steak that you're eating.
0: Again, you're, and you're still going to go with appropriate rated.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, but you get what I'm saying, though.
0: No, I'm in complete agreement, and that's why I went underrated, Is because mm-hmm. everybody having something pickled or fermented, it's almost always pickles, mm-hmm. which is more of a technique than it is food, as we yep. were discussing at Hewing. Heated, heated argument over. Mm-hmm. You're using the term pickles wrong. Mm-hmm. They are pickled cucumbers. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else at the bar is like, please, Please, we're just trying to enjoy ourselves.
1: <laughs> just, yeah, you.
0: We're like pickled cucumbers! It's not pickles, it's yeah. pickled cucumbers! Pickles is
1: a style!
0: Fermentation, I think, is the most unique flavor in mm-hmm. all of food. I yep. think anything that I am automatically drawn to, I either know it up front or learn that fermentation occurs. Coffee is a great example. Mm-hmm. People never associate coffee with fermentation Absol- Be- yeah, because brewing, there's no fermentation occurs, but the processing of the coffee beans, the most unique coffees I've ever had, there's always a fermentation process happening, whether it's a natural processed coffee, where there's natural fermentation of the sugars as it's being dried in the sun, a honey process, which is the pulp being naturally fermented, or even on wash process where they are using fermentation of the coffee beans in water creating more unique flavors and in this context of pickled or fermented foods it's often vegetables and like you said it's that palate reset but it's also the flavor to me the reason it stops me in my tracks is you taste it and you go that's not super easily identifiable there's something wild there's a yeast culture there's something creating Mm -hmm. a flavor that humans just can't create Mm -hmm. you can't start cooking something and say, I'm going to create that wild fermentation Mm -hmm. character. The only way you can do it is with time. Mm -hmm. And that's really what separates when you have pickled cucumbers that are like your basic sweet dill or dill Mm -hmm. versus somebody that's naturally fermenting a pickle and you just taste the difference that there's another layer to it. And that's why it's, to me, such an underrated component to cook with or to use as an ingredient, like having pickled onions on a burger versus just onions having mm-hmm. pickled vegetables versus just a side of roasted veggies mm-hmm. it just creates a balance to any dish so i feel like we're agreeing but i'm saying it's underrated you're saying it's appropriately rated are you willing to change your answer to underrated
1: oh, okay i will change my answer to underrated agreement thank but, you but the thing is <laughs> like the, the only reason that i i guess i put in appropriately rated is because it is sometimes overdone like you know everything everything and I'm just like okay do you even know what you're trying to do with it you know because because when you see the word fermented or pickled like like you can upsell it for now for an extra five bucks and then your question
0: is like well it's a great example of like your, your uh, pickles that you do is just like the mm-hmm. quick The quick pickle. Three, two,
1: one pickling. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people do that where they kind of uh, cook Mm -hmm. it in some vinegar Mm -hmm. and it's got that familiar pickle profile. So Mm -hmm. this is pickled now when you're like, well, okay, then what is pickling? That's maybe that's a future DTF. What is, what is a pickle? Future DTF. Define the food. For anybody who didn't hear the wonderful intro. Define the food. Let's
1: get that right. We're mature here.
0: Okay. We're in agreement now. I feel better. I was going to keep me up if we weren't. So I'm glad we are. The next one here. We have two left. Second to last one here small plates slash tapas i'm going to limit this one to just small plates because i think tapas was it's a whole different category it's a whole different category
1: different style of eating yeah completely
0: closely tied to spain Mm -hmm. but small plates now you're starting to see make a rise and this was listed by eater as a future trend of 2021 do you think small plates are overrated underrated or
1: appropriately rated small plates I think they are hmm okay I I will explain all my justification behind this and everything but I think they're underrated
0: underrated (laughs) (sighs) I also think they're underrated agreement first I would love for your definition of a small Mm -hmm. plate
1: So, to me, small plate means, hey, we want to do something that has a very big, bold flavor, but we're not going to, like, it's not an entree size. That we want to be able to showcase it to you in the appropriate size and flavor that's going to blow you up. So, if I gave you a big, you know, entree size of this, like, it's just going to overload your system. That's what a small plate is to me. I think that some people, some operators think of small plate as I'm going to, we're going to take something entree and we're going to just put it in a small plate. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like a small plate. doesn't have to do with the size of the plate. It is the size of the flavor, you know, cause it's a big bowl of flavor in, you know, but we want to give you a smaller portion cause we want, we want, to we want to help, uh, help, Exp- like we don't want to over like overload your senses with this and there's certain foods that there's just a, a lowering
0: return on investment of flavor because mm-hmm. it's so intense it's overwhelming
1: yeah. so that's to me what small plate is so when people but but some people they just put stuff on a small plate so would you define like
0: french cuisine where it's really fancy prepared and you just get like one bite is that a small plate
1: uh, it depends on if that one bite is an a moosh boosh If that one bite is part of a course meal, if that one bite is your entree If that one bite is your app like It depends right But I think small plates sometimes Get put in the same category as share Share plates mm-hmm. I'm going to get on my soapbox about share plates Here's the deal Shouldn't, or, or like you know I've had Servers go oh this area this, these are our Shared plates Well, Can't we share everything on this menu or is this the only section where we can share? Because the the point of
0: food is to share with people. If you think I'm going to a meal with somebody and not at least getting a taste of what you're eating, yeah. clearly the conversation of what you're going to order for yeah. an entree. Why are we friends? Exactly. Why are we
1: friends? If like you know, you and I have gone out to eat, like we've gone out to eat and just like boom, put it in the middle, let's just eat whatever. My
0: assumption is that you're going to want to taste what I'm having, and you're going to want, and I'm going to want to taste what you're
1: having. It's yeah. a shared meal. Yeah. So why is there a section that says shared plates? Does it mean, like, so what it really does to us when we look at the menu is like, oh, these eight items are the only things that I can share. What? No. Like, there shouldn't be a shared plate section. Everything is shared. Everything is shareable, you know?
0: So what would the difference be between an appetizer and a small plate? Well, see, that's what I I don't, believe in appetizers and small plate you know because my conception of what a small plate is is an opportunity to taste something but i can try instead of just having one entree i can get a small plate of like five different things
1: absolutely but i really do think too that there has to be a differentiate there has to be a difference between small plates and your entree right because entree is you're looking at like a bigger size if you think about it you know well, again, like the small play is I want to have bold flavors, play with bold flavors, but have it in a, um, a maybe a smaller portion. But the flavor is so bold that if I gave you more, it would be overload. For example, there's this there's this kind of a, there's a word that the Monk, Hmong people have a word called Konong, which literally means snack or treat. And in the new V9 uh, menu we're putting together, we have a section that's called kanong and one of the dishes that we have on there is literally it's it's a it's a b- dried beef jerky that after we you know we marinate it in like lemongrass, ginger garlic fish sauce, uh, uh, Thai chilies and when I say fish sauce, I mean like fish sauce and then we let it dry, we let it marinate, we let it dry and then we you know and then we we jerky it basically make it jerking it and then we take a hammer and we pound it out and then it's all crumbly. Right, So it's like it's like crumbly dried beef. And it's super huge and umami flavor and spicy and it's garlicky. And there's like that, you know, that um, you got that fragrance of that lemongrass is in there. And then you take two sticky rice and you dip it in that and then you eat it. Like, again, if I was to give you that as an entree size, you would just be like your tongue would just be so dr- like so dry from all the sodium that's in it. But we give it to you in a small amount, a condom size, a snack size, because what it does is it activates your tongue and activates your, like, oh, man, all your, like, like your, you know, savory glands come out.
0: It goes back to what you were talking earlier about, the six to eight ounces of any Mm -hmm. one flavor that you're, Mm -hmm. like, the small plate allows you to almost jump across different flavors and Absolutely. the overall meal experience is going to be way better. So that would be another argument for everything being a shared plate is yep. you go, you're going to have a way more enjoyable experience if you're able to share everything. Because mm-hmm. then you're going to have the same amount of food, but you'll be jumping from flavor to flavor and your palate's going to continue to be reinvigorated versus just this is my entree You don't touch it I'm going to eat it It keeps
1: the whole meal interesting And it keeps your palate Totally reset Everything you're so having small plates Shouldn't be a bunch of Bruschetta You know Because it's just like Meh You know Like Small plates shouldn't be Like an avocado toast that, that, you know?
0: Yeah it's like The the experience that I'm sure everybody's had yeah. Where there's something In front of you And you're like I'm not even enjoying This anymore but I'm just
1: going to eat it Because it's in front I'm of me We ordered it. it already I'm just eating it Because it's yeah. there So I believe that The small plate Should intrigue you to say Hey I want to go deeper into this menu And this explains the dessert stomach
0: Yeah Everybody knows that there's a separate stomach for dessert Absolutely Why is that? That I'm totally full off my dinner But then if dessert is offered I'm like well I can obviously eat dessert Mm -hmm. It's because of what you're talking about Mm -hmm. Maybe it's less about that you're actually truly full which you probably are. Maybe you don't need the dessert, yeah. but you're always able to squeeze in dessert because your palate is craving something different. So maybe mm-hmm. if you're sharing dishes, mm-hmm. it's actually going to be better for you because then your palate is going to be jumping across and then you're actually full when you're full and yeah. not just sick of one flavor. Dessert, okay. stomach, debunked. I, I absolutely believe. I think that's a good place to end. Yeah, I think we'll save my next one for... What is sure to be another episode because this what is the next one? Pesto. <sighs> I know you've got your thoughts, and I'm gonna we'll leave that as a teaser. <laughs> that, that way, people know this is hopefully an ongoing series, and I, that
1: I like this series. And
0: It gives hope. You, you
1: know what we should do? We should ask the listeners to send in some requests. All right, listener. At this point, yeah. Let's be, if let's there's be, four let's, of you. Let's, out let's there. be honest. There's, if there's, if we, you stuck around, you're willing to join uh, for yeah. the next episode. I would love to get some of their thoughts. You know,
0: listeners' thoughts on what. Food items should we discuss as overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated? And maybe more importantly is our new DTF segment. Define the food. We need new food categories such as sandwich that creates such a controversy that it will lead to arguments and tension. But that's what we are here for. So
1: here's another one for DTF. Dumplings. Dumplings. You know, what makes a dumpling a dumpling?
0: And this is going to bring us
1: right... Is is it... Somehow all roads... Is a ravioli a dumpling?
0: All roads lead to Uncrustables.
1: Yeah. Dumplings. Like, what is a dumpling? I'm going to
0: leave it right there for the listener to ponder as you wait in anticipation for the next ongoing segment of whatever this uh, (laughs) yes reoccurring hosting uh, segment is. And I will end it like I do every other episode and say, have a nice...